0: Proclaiming truth to restore life and liberty. This is The Future of America with your host, Nena Arias. She has proclaimed truth for over 40 years in many nations of the world and now endeavors to restore the values of the biblical worldview that made the United States of America the most powerful nation in the world. Ideas have consequences. They're passed on from generation to generation, forming the culture of a society. To eradicate error, the moral and ethical principles of the Bible must be firmly established in the heart and mind of each individual. Discover how to apply biblical principles to transform your world. And now, your host, Nena Arias.
1: Trust is a beautiful and much-desired gift. We all exercise trust on a daily basis. We cannot live without trust. When we wake up, we trust that we will be able to have the strength and the wherewithal to face a new day. When we get in our vehicle, we trust that we can get to safety where we are going, that we can trust the company or our place of employment, that they will come through for us, as we are endeavoring to come through for them, on and on and on and on is the list of where we have to exercise trust. But I am positive that we all agree that once trust is lost, it is very difficult to regain it. And in many instances, it is never recuperated. As hard as we all try to not fail those around us, we will fail. At some point or another, we all fail those who have placed their trust in us because we are deficient even though we may be striving for perfection in God. The only one that does not know how to fail is God. So when we trust Him, we have arrived at the source of power, of fidelity, of strength, of truth. And so when we trust God, we lose fear because even in the darkest times, we can trust that God makes things right. And he has promised that all things work together for good to those who love him and to those who seek to live according to his purpose. This is a great assurance. So learning to trust and being trustful is a great goal in life. What happens when we fail to find trust? Fear sets in. So we are looking at this topic that I hope is edifying us. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. This is part number three, and I hope that you have listened to the previous parts to get a broader picture of what this topic entails. When we talk about being made perfect in love, Of course, we are talking about God's perfect love. And as we get to know it, as we get to experience it, and as we get to impart it, it is made perfect in us. But talking about fear, you can go from paralyzing fear to being a powerhouse of faith when you acquire and apply the Word of God in your life. The contrast is that clear. It's like night and day. People who are fearful, when they gain faith and trust in God, they can become giants and accomplish great things. We see these examples in the Bible. We see a Gideon who was timid, who was young, who was fearful, yet when he was assured that God was calling him after he put forth some tests and God came through and confirmed that he was calling him, then Gideon became a giant. People who trust God become powerful, strong, stable people. The word of God reveals to us the lies and the schemes the devil uses to try to trip us up because that is his goal. He is always on the prowl. Satan uses deception and distraction to trick people into believing that he has a power that he doesn't. Many people confuse the abilities of Satan with the abilities of God. And by that I mean, they know that he is the opposite of God, but they think Satan is as powerful as God. They think Satan has the capability to read our thoughts like God does on and on and on but satan is nowhere near in the capabilities that god has so never make him out to be the opposite side of god and equal attributes that is not who satan is satan is a created being therefore he is limited satan defied god's authority and therefore was condemned for all eternity When we are in Christ, we must always remember that Satan's activities are all smoke and mirrors because he has to use deception, so he fakes things. Oh, he's very good at it. He's an expert, but he knows he is a defeated foe. Jesus crushed his head like God said he would in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And Jesus delivered. He defeated Satan completely. Now, don't misunderstand me. The lies of Satan are certainly convincing. And if we are not careful, many times we can buy into them hook, line, and sinker. Until we realize that the enemy of our souls, Satan, is no more than a deceiver and a falsifier. He deceives and he fakes like he's all-powerful. He is a liar and the father of lies. We are told in John chapter 8, verse 44, he is powerless to do anything except to deceive us into believing a lie that God never intended for us to believe. And of course, God instructs us in the book of Isaiah how to avoid perishing by the lies of Satan. And he says in chapter 4, verse 6, My people perish for lack of knowledge. End of quote. When you and I lack God's knowledge, and of course we have nothing to apply, then it's when Satan can step in. But not because we don't have a defense. We do have a defense. God has made his knowledge available to us, And all we have to do is believe it, apply it, live it, and fight Satan with God's knowledge. But have you ever considered that the devil is a legalist? By that I mean that Satan will take an angle that he can find to get an inroad into our soul, even if it means to twist a portion of God's word to us. Because he knows that we love God's word and don't want to fail. So he overemphasizes certain portions to bring condemnation on us. You better believe that Satan knows the word of God. And he knows how to use it expertly to deceive and to destroy. A person who loves God and wants to do right does not underestimate God's word. But by the same token, the enemy can use that very word to lay a trap. He did it with Jesus. Why wouldn't he do it with us? Using God's word to trip us up is the strongest weapon that Satan has against the believers because he knows we love God and because he knows we respect his word. So when we are ignorant Of what God's word truly means. Then he can find an angle. Satan can find an angle. To have an inroad. To bring condemnation upon us. That means that if. We don't really know God. And stay in his word. We will not be able to discern. His trick because he is quoting. To us. Something that sounds legitimate. Or. So he wants us to believe. Satan will find a crack, and he'll exploit it as we allow him to. Being alert, being permeated with God's word, being in a constant right relationship with God, removing sin from our lives, and living uprightly, constantly seeking and surrendering our lives to God's justice. In everything that we do. One of the very effective weapons, as we have explained, that Satan usually finds and uses, is fear. And once it gets inside, it just waits for the right moment, for the right trigger to pounce and paralyze us. Until the day that we hand it over to God. Repent for not trusting him and completely turn our backs on fear. And this is a learning experience throughout all of our lives. And God sees to it that he puts us in a circumstance or gives us the opportunity to be placed in a circumstance where we will have an opportunity to apply his knowledge and his wisdom to defeat the enemy of our souls. I'm going to share an experience with you that I lived through at a very young age. I was probably, I don't know, 19 years old, approximately. And it was announced in our church that a young lady needed to be delivered from demon possession. And all those interested in participating in this experience could do so. And they taught us how to prepare. You pray, you fast, you are clean before the Lord, and you come and help us deliver this person. So I said, okay, I would like that experience. I see it in the Bible. I see it in the life of Jesus, how the demons used to manifest themselves and Jesus would cast them out with the power of his word. And that should be a practice that every Christian should know how to minister through. And so I said, I want that experience. Well, the day came, we were fasting, we were praying, we prepared ourselves. It was probably about 10 of us who accepted that challenge. And when this young lady arrived, she was 17 years old. She had demons in her that were very obvious, demons that spoke many languages, and they manifested in this young girl. And when she passed where I was standing, the demons hissed at me, like right in my face, hissed at me. Now, that was my very first experience that I had ever had to live through something like that. So, needless to say, the hair on my arms just stood straight up, and it was a scary experience because it is impressive. But I knew in my heart and in my mind, that the authority of Christ within me, no demon can ever conquer over that. So I stood my ground, and we prayed for this young girl, and she was delivered from demon possession. But that impression of the demons hissing at me right in my face stayed with me. And for the next, I don't know, maybe a year or two, I experienced demons that were taunting me, demons of fear. And I could sense their presence and I had to battle that, that fear from that experience. But I slowly learned how to overcome those forces of the enemy and take authority over them. And they had to bow to the scepter of Jesus. They had to bow the authority of christ that i was exercising over them and so i began to learn how powerful the name of jesus is exactly the way the word of god teaches us well the time came when i went to bible college and after bible college i went to the mission field in argentina for a year and we did massive crusades and in that culture people practice a lot of witchcraft So it was not uncommon in one meeting to have several demon-possessed people manifest themselves. So we had to go and deliver those people. Well, that was in God's plan for my life, which is why it was so valuable that I had had an experience prior to going to the mission field of knowing how to take authority and deliver people from demon possession. But if I had allowed that fear to paralyze me, I would have never been able to be used of God to minister, to deliver other people that I was going to encounter in God's calling upon my life. And so that became an experience that I had in my early walk with the Lord. And later on, it became part of the ministry that God had for me to continue in. So fear has a way of wanting to force its way into your spirit. So if you cower and you are timid and you allow that fear to hover over you, then it will take control and it will escalate. Until we discover and unmask the lie the devil has been holding over our heads, it may take a while for us to finally fight the good fight of faith over fear, like I just shared with you in my experience. And it's not necessarily out of rebellion in our heart that the victory delays, but out of deception or ignorance, or until you have the opportunity to apply God's word and see it work. Then you gain the confidence that what God's word says is exactly what it means. But when we determine to seek God's instruction on how to defeat the enemy's tactics and by pressing into God and obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit, is that we can break through in victory. And eventually, that's exactly what I experienced and discovered a whole new, powerful dimension in my walk with God. Satan can be very convincing, though, with his lies. And if we don't use the right weapons of our warfare against him, we give him the upper hand in that fight. He sees that we are scared, timid, ignorant, weak, and he takes advantage of that. Not only that, he is also stubborn, very stubborn. He doesn't go away sometimes very easy. And even though you may fight against him, by reading and quoting scriptures of faith, it may not be enough for a while. There is a critical component of spiritual warfare that we must use against him. And that is that we must take authority over Satan in Jesus' name and over the spirits that may be manifesting. And we must bind them in the spirit so they won't have the liberty to taunt us or to bother us anymore. Again, just like God's people have to function with knowledge, Satan also has to function with knowledge. Once he knows that you're not afraid of him, once he knows that you know how to use the authority of God to fight him, he has to back off. He has to respect and obey the commands that you give him, because you have the authority in Christ to dominate him. But if we don't, the struggle against fear, or whatever we may be fighting, can escalate. And ultimately, fear has a paralyzing factor. It will hold you back. It will tie you down. It will limit you in what you can and should accomplish in your life. And it takes a lot of renewing of the mind. An active spiritual warfare by taking authority over the enemy. We have been given that authority, and we must use it. The enemy knows who knows how to use the authority of God. And using that authority will require prayer, but also some powers of the enemy require fasting as well to finally gain the victory over them. Such is the case we have recorded in Matthew chapter 17 of a man who brought his son who had a demon. And he brought his son to the disciples, but he says the disciples could not heal him. And Jesus answered them, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here. So once they brought him to Jesus... Jesus was able to deliver him, of course. And in verse 21, it says that this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There are demons that are stubborn. There are demons that require more forceful battle in the spirit. And we do that through fasting and prayer. So whatever you may be battling in the spirit, that brings fear upon you, you probably want to exercise prayer, exercise using the Word, but also fast and pray before the Lord. Usually, when it comes to fear, there's a root in your past that started it in the first place. And to be set free, it helps to expose it Think back and trace that spirit of fear back to your earliest days that you remember when you experienced that fear. And that's the part of where it gained its power, either in your mind or in your emotions or an impression of some kind or a practice of some kind that caused fear to take a hold. It could have been that you were watching a horror movie, let's say. There are a lot of Christians that think it's okay to watch horror movies. Well, to scare people, for the most part, horror movies either have to present a lot of violence or paranormal activities that, of course, opens up the spiritual realm to the kingdom of darkness, which of course has no place in the heart of the believer or of anyone for that matter. So there isn't such a thing that you can participate in certain activities and not have your spirit impacted by those things. And you must be careful. So think back when you started to experience this fear that you are fighting against, And you will have to get to the root of it and expose it. You know why? You must bring it to the realm of light. Pull it out of darkness. Confess it to the Lord. Bring it to the light. And that's God's territory. The kingdom of light exposing the truth of things. That's God's territory. And that's where he works. As long as you keep it hidden, keep it buried... It is dark. It is buried. It is in the realm of darkness. Learn to open up whatever area in your life is struggling with fear. And learn to press into God for protection and security as you arrive at the root of how that fear started in the first place. And the longer a stronghold has been with you, the harder it can be for you to identify it And free yourself from it because you've lived with it for so long. And you may not even have realized where it came from. You just know that your spirit does not have peace. And you experience fear. The good news is that that doesn't matter to God how long you have been struggling with something. He's never hindered one single bit by any apparent stronghold. And he's already given you the authority over it as a believer. Luke chapter 10, verse 19 says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. End of quote. I'm going to read that again. It is so powerful and pay attention. God says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nothing that the devil does can hurt you when you are exercising genuine authority over him. In Psalm 91 verse 13, it says, You will tread on the lion and cobra. You will trample the the young lion and serpent, end of quote. This is talking about the authority of the believer. And in Mark chapter 16, verse 18, we read, They will pick up snakes with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not harm them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will be made well, end of quote. You see, breaking into the realm of knowing how to use the authority of the Lord when we are walking upright with Him, there's no limit to how God can manifest His power in us and through us. And this is the power of the gospel. To those that believe, it is the power of God coming through. Since God has already given the authority over all the attacks of the enemy and any struggle we may be having, then why even entertain thoughts elaborating Satan's tactics? Renew your mind immediately. You have the power and authority to stop that anxiety and fear right now. Do not tolerate it one more minute. You do not have to. God tells us to talk to the problem, speak to that mountain, and command what you want it to do always remember the mountain is subject to the believer and not the other way around. We take authority over the problems, not the other way around. Mark 11, verse 23 and 24 says, Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, Whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. End of quote. That is the authority, and the power God has given us. Matthew 17 verse 20 says, Truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. End of quote. And still, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 26, we read, You of little faith, Jesus replied, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and it was perfectly calm. End of quote. Jesus demonstrated this authority to his followers, his believers, and this is exactly the authority that we have, and he tells us, in Mark chapter nine verse twenty-three, all things are possible to him who believes. End of quote. So all we have to do is determine to gain back our peace in our life through Christ. The Bible says in Matthew seven verse seven, "Ask and it will be given to you; seek and you will find; knock and the door will be opened to you." End of quote. That means keep looking to the Lord, keep seeking God in His promises until you possess them, until they manifest in your life, and you will find victory. You have absolutely nothing to fear, and you do not have to live under the bondage of fear one more minute. We're going to continue with this topic, friends, and we hope you will join us next time.
0: Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. May these truths challenge and change your heart. We hope today's topic has truly enriched your life so we can make America strong again. This program is made possible by the generous financial support of our listeners. All donations are tax deductible. We would love to hear your questions or comments. Please visit our website at www.culturallegacy.org. You may email us at cl at culturallegacy.org or... Right to the future of america p.o box 38456 greensboro north carolina 27438 call us at 877 732-2887 that's 877-732-2887 remember you are a person of positive or negative influence what you do today will impact the future